All right, everybody. Welcome to this special edition of uh, the Mickey D's podcast. I am Danger Zone. To my left, DJ Rel. Yep. And to my right, Mickey War. Yes, sir. And we're dropping this. I mean, before we start, make sure you guys go check out uh, Mojack's podcast, which is dropping, uh, which is already dropped um, this past Monday. If I don't know if we're going to release this on Tuesday or Friday. We got to figure that out. But just know that you just make sure you check out the Mojack's uh, episode. And, uh, yeah, so we're doing this because um, we're, you know, we, we all love Kobe Bryant. Um, well, I mean, all, some of us on the court, some of us not on the court. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, or some, yeah. But, um, you know, we, we, we have, being that we're in L.A. and this guy has been with us throughout our whole childhood and adulthood, um, it meant a lot to us to, to lose him. And and obviously it's unfortunate that there were um, eight other people involved in the accident. Um, but we just wanted to give our thoughts because I know a handful of people reached out to us checking in and saying, like, yo, are you good? Like, as if we lost a family member. And so um, I think there might be a handful of you out there that um, that are interested to hear what we have to say. And, you know, it, it'd be good for us to get it off our chest at the end of the day because of our love for the man and what he meant to the city, the sport, and just um, as an inspirational individual. Um, Rel, you hated him on the court. I did. <laughs> I, as, I, as a New York as, fan? You know, I wasn't, I wasn't the, the biggest Kobe fan. And, and the, reason, the reason why I wasn't the biggest Kobe fan is because I was a big Shaq fan, you know. Obviously, I'm a Knicks fan. That was a team watching growing up. Been to Madison Square Garden. I don't think I times. knew that you were a Shaqs fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It went from as 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 we're talking about players. It went from Jordan. It went from Jordan, um, and then into Shaq, um, and then Tracy McGrady. Uh, but uh, but you know, like I said, always a Knicks fan. Knicks are the team that I grew up watching. Um, you know, favorite favorite Nick was like John Starks, and you know, obviously loves Sprewell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reason I say all that is because with Kobe, I was, I was back when they did that first three P in early 2000, sure. Shaq was on Lakers. So, yeah. you know, I was, I was right. rooting for Shaq, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, man, it's good to see, you know, the Shaq's winning championships. Um, he seemed like he found a solid teammate player and Kobe, no one's denying the phenomenal player that Kobe was, you mm-hmm. know, throughout his whole career. Uh, but I just felt like the way it ended with Shaq and Kobe mm-hmm. was more so on Kobe's. You know, Kobe was I always been like Kobe's being a diva. You selfish. know what I mean? Like he's being yeah. selfish. He's never going to win another championship without Shaq again. You know what I mean? And it kind of proved my point because Shaq went to Miami and then he won one with D Wade. Yeah. And I was just like, Yo, where's Kobe at? You know what I mean? So all it, with that being said, I always said that. Oh man. Fuck Kobe, man. Kobe, like you know the way he, he, you know he was he uh, he treated Shaq and that whole scenario. Now again, that's just based off of the information that I had. And yeah. Again, I didn't have all the information. Right. Being living in New York at the time and yeah, didn't know it. I just saw what whatever was in front of me, um, or what I choose to believe and what choose not to believe. Yeah. So you know, obviously, people knew more of the story of what the issue was. Obviously, if you born and raised in L.A. They yeah, knew the gossip so when, on the street. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. when I moved to L.A., you know, I, I got educated a little bit more on the, on the situation. 
Um, but you know, my feelings were still kind of the same. You know, I was yeah. being biased, and I was just like, "Nah, fuck that." And plus, when you hang out with some, when your closest friends are super duper super Laker fans. and Kobe yeah, fans, exactly. like, like it just guys. it was just you know it was just for good sport. I even hated like, Laker yeah. fans, and I'm a Laker fan. Yeah, you know what I mean? Joe <laughs> you know, has his moments where he's a yeah. Clipper fan, he's a Laker fan, but yo, we yeah. give it to him. I wear many but, hats. Um, yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, man, you know, I respected Kobe as a as a fan of the sport. I respected his talent. I respected like. Um, his mentality, you know, uh, and it was just, it was just like, it was crazy, you know, and, you know, they always had the argument, like, who was the better ball player, Jordan or Kobe, Jordan or Kobe, and, you know, now, I think nowadays, or recently, before, you know, the whole incident happened, the talk was always LeBron and, and, and Jordan, right? and LA people, LA Laker fans would get, yeah. like, so hot about yeah. Right. Why isn't Kobe in the conversation? Like, why isn't Kobe in the conversation? And, you know, I had to agree. At that moment, I had to agree with L.A. And I'm just like, yo, you have to put Kobe in that conversation. Yeah. yeah. You know, you had to put him. Like, he spent 20 years with the same team. Yeah. Right. Five championships. Right. I will, I will say I don't like that now these experts are saying, are putting in Kobe in the conversation. It's like, man, just because he's passed away, like, he... You know what I mean? Like, he's been retired, so man. this doesn't change anything. Why all of a sudden is he yeah. in your... I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. And, and, it, and it heartened me. And I want to share a quick story with you guys. Um, and it, it's about, it has to do with Kobe. And just because, you know, we're in Mack Park and, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mickey's in the reselling uh, industry and whatnot. Uh, wifey and I had stopped at the Nike outlet in Valencia. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, I want to say it was the day after we heard the news. We heard the incident <clears throat> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And um, if I'm not mistaken, it was Monday, correct? Monday was the day Sunday, after. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday is the day that happened. Sunday morning. Yeah. morning. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, Monday we were up in uh, Valencia. And um, we was in the Nike outlet out there. And I, or, I, two two different occasions, but at the same time, happened. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, we get into the store. and I go to the men's side and wifey goes to the women's side. And we both heard it. Same, similar conversations. And um, I overheard this dude uh, on the t- on the phone and he, you know, he's he's happy, he's cheerful about how he flipped his Kobe's for a lot of money, yes. like to the point where you know he was able to pay pay for a trip to Cabo. Oh my god! You know, he's like, yeah, man, you know, he was hyped about that shit. And like again, I felt the impact that I felt. Obviously, living in LA, been in LA longer than a decade, I felt the impact that it had on this city when the news spread and. It was it was heartbreaking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I live in this city. I care about this city. This city pay, played a major role in my life, so it, it hurt. So to hear that, I like I had this like disgusting, like just wrench feeling <sighs> gut, yeah. like just like, and I literally stopped in my tracks and I looked at the dude, but he was so engaged into his his phone call, his conversation that he didn't even realize that I was I me mugging the shit out of him, right? And I'm looking at him and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me right now, bro, yeah. like. It hasn't even been 24 hours yet. Yeah. Like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You said something? I, I wanted to, but mm-hmm. he, like I said, he he was so engaged into his conversation and he kind of like walked by me, you know what I mean? We were walking in the same direction for a little bit and then he eventually like walked by me because I stopped and I just looked at him and I, I walked away. So I walked away and as I'm walking towards... As I'm walking towards wifey, she has the same disgust look on yeah. her face because she literally just heard someone say the same thing on the other side of the store about yeah, probably calling each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it's possible. It's yeah. possible. But man, just you know, I say all that because to bring you to your point about 
you know, people now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're make one, it was disgusting because they were making a profit off this man's death. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and not only the, 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 the person he was for LA, but just yeah. in general, you know, you don't, you don't really like, yo, I'm going to make a, a buck off of someone else's, you know, quote unquote death, you know what I mean? Right. Or whatever. So it, it, it kind of hurt, but. Well, to interject, just because that is a fresh topic for me, and it's something that we experienced on the spot, right? Yeah. When we were, we had just finished a podcast yeah. uh, that you guys can look forward to um, with Charlie Sloth, mm-hmm. and we were here recording on a very rare Sunday, actually. Yep. We used to be here together yeah. Sunday morning, and <clears throat> uh, we're at the shop, and we're packing up, um, and our, my staff is starting to open up, and as we're kind of wrapping up our, you know, normal conversation before we go home, they're letting us know that something's trending on Twitter and it has to do with Kobe passing. And, yeah. you know, it kind of, like, hit us all like a ton of bricks. Like, Yeah, and, and we were talking about the – we'll get more into it later, but we were, ta- we were excited about the Boston link-up. Yes. And we were like, oh, we can do this and we're going to do that. Like, we were for whatever energy we had left that morning. We had we, really good we energy. We were like, you know, we were like really Sunday. excited yeah. about this link up. And what's crazy is when you really think about it, right? Like, so if you follow kind of the track of the helicopter, Kobe was literally flying over us. The Burbank Airport is yeah. a couple blocks away. Yeah. And that's where he was hovering for a good amount of time or nearby mm. to make his way up to Calabasas. And we could tell, like, it was a foggy, it was a foggy heavy, foggy, yeah, gloomy was. day. Mm-hmm. And we were literally here, you know, recording when some when this might have all happened. Anyway, I say all that to say that that day I started to get all these notifications of sales and, and my phone's going off. And I'm not really responding to anybody. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not talking to nobody. I'm not. Like, it's Sunday. Like, what could be going on? And surely enough, man, like, people stormed our website looking for anything Kobe-related. Yeah. And it put me in a very weird spot because, number one, I could decline, cancel, pull everything off the site and um, hold it. And, you know, we do a consignment program here, so we sell stuff for people. Yeah. And... It put me in a in an awkward spot because I had to make a decision, and ultimately, you know, my decision was a lot of people now, and I can tell you this for a fact because I'm looking for a specific pair of shoes for uh, one of our clients, and he wants to wear the shoe for his senior night, the senior in high school. He's mm. got his last basketball game mm. of his season, and Kobe meant a lot to him, and so he's looking for the shoe. And I kid you not, the shoe was sitting on Nike. Nike's website the day of his passing, right? Mm. It didn't sell out. And I'm looking for the shoe right now and willing to pay $600 for a shoe that was retailing for $150. He's willing to pay that because he wants it for his dedication or for his moment as a, as a kid, which I know what that means. And so at the moment, which I knew this was going to happen as the market went up, I felt the right thing to do was to honor the sales at the market price exactly. before his passing. Exactly. Their shoes, I kid you not, and I, did, I didn't care to look at it in the moment, but I kid you not, there's brand new shoes that we sold, and Kobe's weren't hitting, like even the special collection joints yeah. weren't hitting for more than 150 to 200 bucks, 250 bucks, and we sold them for 150, 200 bucks that I saw them literally in an hour Jump to four, five, six, seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, 
it was it's it was tough. I just felt like if people are going to consume it at the time, didn't really know a creative way. I've seen guys pull their product and raffle it off, go into charity, different things like that. You know, again, I even got into, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like being transparent, got into a fight with like a consigner because he wanted to pull a shoe. And I know his shoe size. And I'm like, brother, you ain't a size 12. Like you're a size nine. Like why, like why do you want to pull it? Cause you want to make a profit. So I said, you could pull all your product or you could just let the sale go continue business with us or you could come pick up that specific shoe that kobe and you could pick up the other ten thousand dollars worth of product you have with us because to me it means more it's not about the money it's yeah. about the loyalty and what he meant to us yeah, exactly all individually and to yeah. me it meant a lot to us joe and i are born and raised um yeah. in the san fernando valley you know not far from staples not far from everything and uh what's your perspective well uh, before I get into my thoughts with Kobe, I actually um, competed against John Altobali, who's the head coach at Orange Coast, who's obviously in the helicopter. And and this dude's a legend in the community college uh, world. And community college in Southern California is extremely, extremely competitive. You get yeah. a lot of um, D1 bounce backs in and uh, potential top-round draft picks in. Just, just to speak to his legend um, for a moment, we played against them in a in a, a double elimination uh, first round playoff series, it was us two and two other teams. We're both one and zero going into playing each other, and we have the best our best pitcher who is ended up being like a top draft pick of that that season. And I don't know who he had, but we jump up at them for. And this is speaking to how great of a coach he is. We jump out at them for nothing. We're thinking we're about to run through these guys like we just ran through Palomar College. Fifth inning, they still got the start. And like, why is this guy still in? We're fucking, we're killing. We're hitting yeah. home runs left and right. Coach trusts him. Altabali trusts his starter. Leaves him in. And they go on an 8-0 tear. So they beat us eight. They started They started um, smacking the shit out of our starter, our draft pick. I'm like, fuck. Like, we never had that happen before to mm. us that season. So then we win the next game. And we play them again. They're still, they're 2-0. We're 2-1. Uh, we're and um, all they got to do is beat us once, and they um, advance. We uh, we go up seven nothing going into the ninth inning, and we're and we have we're face we face one of their better pitchers, and we tee off on him seven nothing, and I don't know if this if, I feel like if I remember correctly most of these runs were on two outs, they they beat us eight to seven. They get all eight runs in the in the ninth <laughs> inning. We're just like what the like who are these guys like. So that just speaks to how great of a coach he was. You can look up his stats, his junior college, or what he's, everything he's accomplished. But um, in regards to the whole Kobe situation, when that happened, I immediately, not immediately, we were both, all three of us were stuck here. We didn't know what to think. I, I, they, your, your employee said TMZ posted. I immediately checked another source because I do my best not to rely on TMZ. Right. And then it slowly started coming out. You know, it was confirmed. So I'm driving home and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm staying off social media for the rest of the day. And I tweeted that. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't look at my feeds. I, I just, just a regular Sunday of just doing whatever I got to do to get through the day and be productive. And, and I understand we all handle things differently. Um, you know, you, it, is, it is what it is. And I'm not judging anybody that, that went through the feeds or had their opinion or thoughts. But, I, you know, I got pictures with Kobe and I chose not to post them on my feed. And, 
I just wouldn't have felt right because it to me I would have felt like I was doing it for the clout, the yeah. likes, the impressions, and and all that. And it's like I didn't want to make it about me, you know. I wanted to leave it as is and just say this is about you know Kobe and and not make it about all that. Even though that's kind of what we're doing now, we're giving our thoughts on how we feel. Well, let, actually, let me share a, a couple of uh, Kobe stories. Um, we. It was a, a this had to have been 2012 because he was in Vegas practicing for the All Star. I mean, the All Star for the Olympics. Olympics. Mm. So we caught wind. This is a Party Rock Monday, at, you know, Party Rock at the peak, Party Rock Anthem Six. I know it, Marky. Um, and so he, uh, we caught word that he was there, and he was sitting on the left side, on the far left table closest to us, um, or yeah, on the left table closest to us. And what's crazy is I peeked over and saw him and he's just literally just sitting like, not like me, but just kind of like how we're sitting. And the table, the people at the table were told, don't bother him. He just wants to be by himself. So Fu caught wind of this and he, I guess he already had a relationship with Kobe. So Fu shouted him out. And then when it came to champagne showers, Fu hopped off the stage and started chasing after Kobe around Marquis trying to spray him with champagne. Now, this was a time when, like, spraying champagne was cool. Now it's like you get into a fight, you spray someone with champagne. <laughs> Unless you're in Europe or something. You're doing some VIP shit. So, um, yeah, so food just spraying him, chasing him around Marquis, trying to spray him with champagne. And then um, later on, uh, a year or two later, we did a charity event for the Lakers. And uh, we saw him play, hopped across the street to do this um, charity event. And I don't remember if I went to the restroom when we got done or if I was just late to get off the stage. But I remember before the show, they said, we're all going to meet Kobe after. So make sure you guys are around. So all I remember is getting back to the, um, the, uh, our green room late and everybody was gone. And I was like, oh, hell no. I know <laughs> they went to go meet him. I had an idea of where they went. I knew they, went, they were going to go up some steps and do, you know, go this specific route. If it was Afrojack or Calvin, oh, man, I missed them. Oh, well, you know, Calvin Hare, like, oh, maybe next time. Like, I wouldn't have cared. Yeah. Like, man, I'm going to meet this dude. So I raced up the steps and kind of figured out where they were. And at that time, I used to do this pose where it, where you just boss up. You know, you stand like this, and you, you and whoever you're taking a picture would just do this, and we call it the boss up pose. And it kind of became a thing for me. People were asking me to, if they can boss up with me and yada, yada. So it was, it was a fun little thing. And the last per and then I did it. I asked Kobe, I said, hey, man, um, can I take a picture with you? He's like, yeah, of course. I said, well, look, I do this thing where I call boss up. He's like, oh, okay, well, so what do I do? He's like, yeah, you know, you stand like this. And I was so surprised he was game. Usually it's like some guys are like, nah, man, I just want to chill. You know, I'm, I'm good. You know, nah, that's cool, you know. But he was like, let's do it, whatever. So we did it. And I'm, I think that was the last time I actually did that pose. Um, so those, and, I, and then I remember Fu in that moment, he, Kobe was trying to sell Fu on, um, on his shoes because Fu was really big on tennis at that time. And I swear to God, Kobe sounded like a shoe salesman in Foot Locker. Oh, but the support right here and then the traction and then, you know, when you stop and you go. And I remember Fu was just like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. So clearly the man had a, a, a passion for his own shoes. But um, what stuck out to me most about Kobe as a fan, it wasn't even so much about the rings and and all the accolades. Um, I've I've always been a fan, even though we were super duper Iverson fans. I was I never hated Kobe. You, normally, when you're a big fan, you're a big fan of one guy like Jordan. You hate the other star yeah, player on the other yeah, team. Yeah. 
it was never like that with uh, Kobe. I just had a lot of respect for the dude. But what stuck out the most above all those championships was game one. I think it was the season, the year, uh, the championship. They lost to the Celtics. I think that was 07 because they won in 08. 08. No, I think they won 09 in 2010. Okay, so it was 08. Back check, so we're not. So, well, whatever it is, you guys remember they lost to the Celtics first before they beat them. And in game one, I believe Kobe was going on a tear. And um, I think it was said and done. The game was said and done. And this was towards the end. And I remember, excuse me, uh, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, and David Spade, and Paul Blart, mall cop guy, were promoting their new movie. And they're sitting courtside next to the Lakers. And Chris and all of them are trying to talk to Kobe. <laughs> and the game's not over, even though it was over. And Kobe's just, they're sitting right next to Kobe. He's just ignoring them. And he's locked in. I'm just like, look at this guy. He don't give a fuck what these stars are saying to him. Like, this man. So when I saw that, that like that triggers something in me. And I had 10 times more respect for him than ever. And I think what I connected most with him was, I, I now understand it's the mama mentality, but what, what connected with me most was his focus and his attention to detail. And I've, I've always, and when I started seeing that, like, I love, I find the brain fascinating and, and what you can and what it's capable of doing and, and how the mind works. So I'm always trying to figure out how I can be more focused or how, not even cut corners, but just be uh, more aware and be more present and stuff like that. So I, was, I started digging into Kobe's uh, thoughts and you know thought process and how he how he works. And that's when I became very fascinated with the guy and became an even bigger fan because of that mentality. And it's something that everyone's capable of doing you know and obviously that led to the championships and all the accolades and everything else he was awarded so um but yeah man that's my uh that's my experience with him and just my interest in the guy and you know the fact that he was just this incredibly incredibly focused individual that you know you just marvel at and just think damn like that's that's where I want to be mentally, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel <clears throat> he's definitely defines discipline through that the Mamba mentality. Um, very similar to to Joe, or sorry, Danger Zone. Um, we grew up together, and we we grew up on the court together, and that's part of why there's a basketball court in the middle of a store in Burbank, mm-hmm. you know, because it was it was built off the um capri suns and orange slices and yeah. um chips, chips that we would get yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know it, the, the, whose turn it was the like, occasional is, pizza the occasional, <laughs> that was the rich that was the yeah, rich family damn, they brought pizzas <laughs> and um you know it was built off of those memories and i think building this place was all about creating those memories and you know uh, unlike joe i did hate kobe like mm. it was a different like feeling for me obviously younger not understanding what hate even meant so yeah. for that sake it, it was just kind of like your arch nemesis right you just disliked him because you're an iverson friend pound for pound mm-hmm. alan iverson was the best yeah. basketball player in my mind mm-hmm. and probably to this day right go pound for pound mm-hmm. but um i remember that 2001 championship and alan went into staples center stepped over Ty Lu, and like yeah. just just was the man and, and took down Kobe and Shaq and they were undefeated the entire playoffs. Mm-hmm. And 
I remember rolling into, I didn't even have an Iverson jersey at the time. Like, but I took my brother's, uh, shout out to Andy's, the the royal blue Sixers jersey and mm. wore it on my backpack <laughs> and like wore it proud um, to, to some of my, in their face, you know? Yeah, we got so much hate from Laker kids. Oh my God. Because I, I wore a jersey the, the day after they won, the Sixers won, and oh my, I, I was hearing it. You know what I'm saying? And so like those moments, like I'll never forget because they were tied to him. Yeah. And and his greatness at the end of the day, like you couldn't at the time, like you couldn't beat his his work ethic. You couldn't beat what he was doing. And it just like everything else in life, it took me some time to mature and and be able to understand what I was observing firsthand. And 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 really, <clears throat> so like it's funny. I shared this text on the store account, and it was weird, but. Some of the guys that even you guys know to this day that I went to high school with, like, it was a clique. We were, there was five of us total. And uh, my bad, Roy. We had six of us. And <laughs> Shout out, Roy. <laughs> shout out to Roy. Uh, but shout out to my boys, man, Marvin, Brandon, Alex, and, and Daniel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got a text from Alex, and he literally – other than every other Filipino in Panama City, <laughs> had the Kobe fadeaway. And it didn't matter if you were 5'2", 5'3", 5'5", or 6'0". You had the patent Kobe crossover yeah. fadeaway, and you couldn't grow out a fro, but you let your hair grow yeah. and get your, you know, Dragon Ball Z uh, gel vibe yeah. to get that look. That and look. I can't even tell you <clears throat> in any amount of, hands how many times either kobe or ai had the rock in my backyard and it was you know 20 seconds on the clock (laughs) somebody's on the clock and you're playing every possession like you're there you know and that that's i think was the first time it's funny because danger uh rightfully so called me out because i'm an i'm an emotional guy and but a lot of these things mean so much to me and I wear it on my sleeve and I'm never afraid to show it. And I think that was the moment where it finally hit me. You know, I think after all the, the different tributes, moments of silence, eight second violations, 24 second violations. If you add up the years that they were both born in, they add up to 80, 24. Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he just meant so much in every aspect and even more so like not on the not only on the court because clearly like basketball shaped my life yeah. um not my body because i ate a lot but you know <laughs> kept the shape but food was you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah who goes to tommy's after a, a stairs workouts jesus you guys had a right around the corner from your, you had what uh, you guys had a, what was the name of that spot perry's perry's, perry's. <laughs> jesus <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure if you're getting cow or rat for <laughs> right. your burger, yo, it was notorious, but it was good. <laughs> it was good for some high school kids. Back you then, it was saying? good. Yeah, yeah. You ain't eating that shit. Everybody had that cow, little hood spot, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's that's what Kobe means to me, man. It's like childhood, twenty years, and and you know, obviously growing up and and being older and, and seeing him do his thing, and you know, um, especially what he did after his his career. You know, winning um, an Oscar, winning different accolades in his creative process, partnering with the the Mamba Academy, you know, that was a sports academy prior to him taking investment into it. And just like building this infrastructure for the future was was really 
mind blowing. And you know, I never got to meet Kobe. Um, I, I got to watch him, of course, a handful of times. Um, my one interaction is actually pretty funny. Our first year here, <clears throat> we had this kid submit artwork for a T-shirt, and it was uh, it was Jordan elbowing Kobe, and it said "Goat" on his jersey. And it, we we developed this like goat series out of that one picture. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm like, nah, like this is L.A. Like, there's no way I'm getting away with this. Like. <laughs> And it was like this iconic photo that he photoshopped where it was Jordan elbowing actually Charles Barkley. And <clears throat> he we replaced Kobe. He got elbowed. So I was like, all right, cool. Let's make this a tour shirt. We put every date that Kobe ever played Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then the win, you know, win losses, you could count them up yourself. And it was the that was the GOAT capsule for MJ. Of course, we had to do Kobe elbowing MJ. And then we did Kobe elbowing LeBron. And what's crazy is <clears throat> I felt like damn, I wish he saw that shirt, right? And the only thing I had was a, a cease and desist letter from his legal team. <laughs> and I, I got to find it because I know it's filed somewhere because I wanted to hang it, right? And obviously we we stopped sale of it and anything else. And what's so crazy is as we were preparing for this pod, I was in my office and every couple months I go down the Mag Park IG and see where we're tagged and just start, you know, showing love, thank you for the support, whatever we're in. And there was a guy wearing that shirt next to Kobe. Oh, <laughs> Shit. wow. Like, yeah. it was like, oh, man, like, we, I mean, maybe that was a reason for the season to desist, but, <laughs> like, yeah. but it was dope to just know that that he got to see that tee, you know, yeah. like, all respect to LeBron. And, you know, one of the crazy things, and before getting into, like, the different amazing tributes, that we all got to watch. But like, I think um, as difficult as this moment is, as, as terrifying and as, you know, it's just a hard time for the city, you know, um, Rel and I got a chance to go to LA live and yeah, man. describing the scene there it's is crazy. It's crazy mm-hmm. to, to see so many people and just emotions. It's, it feels very heavy. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess what I wanted to, to get at was, Similar to how Nipsey helped kind of some gangs, mm. you know, find their ways to go past the small issues or bigger issues even yeah. to work together for their community because it's their community and they empowered each other a little more. Yeah. And, you know, in that same way, Kobe, who has a global, like, impact, like, I think we've seen... Like, 2020 started off rough <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. And I think, you know, like many other things, some doors close and another one opens. And I think what what his loss for all of us has brought us a lot together, you know, whether it's the guys who absolutely hate LeBron, but they had yeah. a wake-up call that, like, why am I even hating on a man that's yeah. repping the same team that I want to rep? Or, you know, just in in taking on the mamba mentality like how can you not be at the gym and not put up another 24 shots Mm. you know how can you not want to play the last game of the the scrimmage up to 24 because it means a lot to you you know it's like it's a different mindset and i think you know unfortunately we had to lose him but the world gained this new like light 
and vision to improving themselves because mm-hmm. that's what he was about and that's what we looked up to so it's crazy um yeah. there was a ton of different tributes yeah. i was actually at uh staples the night the first basketball game back um which was lakers? clippers in sacramento oh, clippers, yeah. clippers. um and that happened the night before the lakers played um and they Portland. had their tributes yeah. and i think a lot of Dame had quite a tribute. Man, did Yo. He? Back to back. Does, does 24 <gasps> plus 8 equal 50? I don't know my math's off. Yo. He put up 48 against the Lakers, and then he put up 51 oh, against That's 48. Uh, shout out to Gramsci, who said, well, at least we lost by 8. So <laughs> That's a positive <laughs> way of looking at it. That's one way of looking at it. That was a funny a situation of that. And then the other one that was crazy was, the the was it the same day he passed? I think it was Sunday. But Trey Young and Devin Booker combined – they both took uh, 24 field goal attempts. Mm-hmm. Their, their points added up to 81. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they shot, uh, so there was like another 24 in there. It was like eerie, these numbers. Yeah. The numbers, you know, people are always going to find numbers. Yeah, I know. There's, some, there's uh, some girls out there that are doing 24 boyfriends in eight months, too. So that's a crazy number, too. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to you, loyal, you loyal Kobe get, fans out there. They're going to get... 24 STDs or 8 children they're gonna start fucking around <laughs> one of the two or both mama mentality man shoot your shot mama mentality shoot your shot <laughs> yeah man these, these memes are crazy there was a meme with Prince and the revolution saying uh, or the meme said waiting for Kobe Prince of revolution waiting for Kobe like you know it's them with the ball it's oh Dave Chappelle dressed as Prince you know <laughs> uh, what about the one with like the, the angel uh, halos and they're like who's this new guy like who's shooting balls guy? into their halos oh yeah he's yeah. annoying <laughs> so um, it's hard to find you know it's it's good to be able to see some light in this situation It's it's been about a week and a half now or so two weeks no a, it's been a week well yeah the day we're recording is, is a week and a day but when this releases because so it was last be, Sunday yeah, yeah like, so it's like a week and a half two weeks yeah. yeah and it's it's still you know still around but um, I guess real quick, um, we we are fresh off the Super Bowl. Yep, and they had a tribute for Kobe. Latina, Latina, Latina. That's kind of the story, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm happy for them. Yeah, yeah. Make sure, sorry, before we move on, make sure to check out Randy Moss's like kind of like his conversation about Kobe. I mm. think it was mm. really also that that man has a as a resume on the court, and so. I will say as much as I did in the in those two days, like where it was really hard, uh, the day Kobe passed, and then the following day. Yeah. As much it was, as much as I didn't want to look at everyone's stories and thoughts and all that, it it's really cool hearing some of these stories from the pros, and and um, just like and well, not just the pros. Everyone has their own story, right? And a lot of it is the same because no one really knew. No one in my feed knew the guy, met the guy. Um, so it's, you know, it's just a lot of fan story, which is fine. But some of these other stories are, you know, everyone had their own little yeah, Kobe Luke, moment. Like, that Lou Williams one was hilarious. Bro. Oh, when he threw he away took everybody's all, he shoes. Took, he took all everyone's yeah. shoes away. Oh, oh y'all yeah. too soft? No. <laughs> and then the Nick Young weekend. one is great. Oh, God. Where he t- he t- uh, Nick Young wanted Kobe to sign his Yeezys and Kobe threw him in the trash. <laughs> bro, Jeez. how about everybody was flaming Kendrick Perkins? Because he he told this story. I don't know if you guys know this. He told this story in a group in a setting, right? And he goes, "Yeah, you know, Kobe once told me I was the best one on one defender in the paint, and he got 
lame. Like, bro, like, why is he even on the show? What is he even talking about? Like, he's crazy. He's cloud chasing. And then a clip pops up of Kobe saying, oh, man, I love Kendrick. He's the best one-on-one defender in the paint. Oh, shit. Whoops. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> so it's just like... Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, the receipts are there. That's Kobe. Mm-hmm. That's Kobe. <laughs> yeah. No voiceover. Yeah. So um, Damn. there's so many great stories. But I, I will say, uh, I mean, did you want to get into the whole Super Bowl thing? We could. Uh, well, I will say, in closing out this, because I know we were going to give our thoughts on the, the show, um, the Super Bowl performance. Yes. I will say, it's, and it's it's so easy... Uh, after moments like this where you're inspired to whatever, take on the mama mentality or be focused in the studio because Michael Jackson passed away or Prince passed away or whatever it is, I I will say that don't just allow this to happen for only two weeks. Whatever you're inspired to do, don't allow it to just happen for a few weeks and then just fade away. Like this is, you know, you've, I'm sure you all have been listening to old Kobe conversations and it's like, you got to make it a habit to wake up at five or whatever time you you feel you need, you need to wake up, and to where it just becomes a thing where you don't even think about it, and ultimately you're gonna you're gonna be thankful that you stuck to what you wanted to do because it's gonna pay off dividends yep. as opposed to just oh, I'm inspired and then three weeks later, uh, you know just you know have someone hold you accountable to it. Um, Shit, God bless Sam, my girlfriend. You know, she wants me to hold her accountable to things. If it was any other girlfriend, she'd be I like, why are stay- you writing me like this? No, you stay <laughs> in her head. <laughs> I feel like that's dangerous. Am I going to have to edit that out? No. Oh, okay. I'm just saying to have the no, permission. No, and that's to, what I'm saying. You, wait, you want me to remind you to do that? I, like you, you, I feel like you need to record that and then just play it back. Yeah. Like, there's a receipt. Yeah. You said. Check your uh, photos. For right. Her. Or just check, text check it the to last her. video I sent you. <laughs> Get up. But um, but yeah, man, like shit. It it's unfortunate that someone has to pass away for us to be inspired to do shit. But if that's what it takes, or for someone to get hurt or whatever, like especially you DJs, man. There's so many opportunities out there for you. And I won't do a deep dive, but that should be a whole episode calling out fucking DJs and ourselves, like for different ways. I mean. I always give Joe his 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 flowers when I can about his discipline and his hustle. And, you know, I could look at it and be like, oh, that's kind of lame, but it's also him progressing. Yeah. Know? Like, it, maybe it's not as fun, but it's him progressing, right? And, like, and that you could find those things with anybody else. But at the end of the day, I think in the DJ culture, and we, we could get it again, this is going to be his own episode, but, like, a lot of DJs don't do shit beyond... Yeah what they're called to do yeah and it's a very similar thing that we ran into all our lives i think with with valley basketball yeah. is you play to the competition's level and mm-hmm. you don't seem to want to supersede that because it's just enough well the, and also the stigma in the valley is you have all this talent out here and nobody goes anywhere yeah. only a few made it out but nobody goes anywhere because well, all the six footers are centers too <laughs> well no, I mean like not not that, but at least the generation I grew up in, we just had incredible talent that had D one scouts come and check them out, but they just didn't give a fuck, or or they felt they didn't want to leave home, they didn't want to leave their lazy. families, and and it was you know that's a whole other thing. But I will say this: Get into um, since you brought it was something you said um, reminded me, 
if if you're really into this whole Kobe thing, one book I would recommend, and if there is a book I would recommend outside of um, what's the book I gave you for your birthday? Stealing, the art of stealing. The art of stealing. The art of stealing is an incredible book. Stealing like an artist. Still like an artist. Still like an artist. That's the book. It's in my bathroom. Look look for that one. But if you're really into this whole Kobe mentality thing and Jordan and we're not all these greats, theft, by the way, huh? So we're not promoting theft. No, um, there is a book called Relentless by Tim Grover that I mm. go back and read at least <coughs> once a year. And sometimes I pop up, I, I um, pull up a Tim Grover conversation or interview and it's just like, it's amazing how this guy thinks. But Tim Grover is responsible for about 16 NBA championships from D-Wade, Jordan, to Kobe, Kim Olajuwon, and even work with greats like Charles. And this guy, his attitude that Basically, you just take the emotions out of what you do and just, you know, just do it. And a lot of, most of the time, it's the emotions that hold us back. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Like, if you learn, you teach yourself how to take that out and just accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish, um, you, you will see significant results. I, I've seen results for myself, but, but yeah, I mean, just look at how great these guys are. So, again, Tim Grover's uh, relent, Relentless. Yeah. Definitely recommend that book if you're into stuff like that. Heck yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so um, the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had a nice tribute for Kobe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was there. I, I saw it before, the, uh, before the, the, the post came out. Did you guys see it? Did you guys read between the lines? Did you see the colors? Um, <laughs> yeah, and... Are you mad at the NFL? No, 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 no. I was just saying, like, I noticed it before it became, like, uh, before the, the internet, t- right. you know, took to the surface and said. You're an intelligent man. Well, I, you know, I, just, I see purple and gold. Better. I'm like, well, they're just, they're not doing purple and gold in Miami. Degree. You know? Huh? He said, you better, you got a college degree. Right. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with it. That just shows I can figure it's out how to, get by, how to get by another challenge in life. That's all. <laughs> but shout out to those that got their degrees, shit. Yes. Um... Yeah, but yeah, man, no, none of us were offended with the whole Shakira J Lo thing, right? Why is that just white people? Offended? That just white people that was offended. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I don't understand how anyone could be offended by that shit. I feel like, like, to be honest, with I you. saw a lot of dudes on the like, this is lame train, or like Shakira's not their lip singing, great, uh, the lip syncing. Like, man, you they're, go they're, up there and sing one fucking, of her songs they're, and they're, dance they're, the their way bodies she was are dancing. shaking like rattlers. Like, you can't sing. you can't sing with the body shaking like this. Be careful. I'm just saying, it's a, I can understand why. Like, stop, all, to all you purists and the keep it realists, like, relax. It's a show. It's a performance. It's a performance. <laughs> it's not about keeping it real. It's about putting on a great show. So We all know that the girls can sing. Like, we, they're yeah, trying to put on a show. Clearly. I don't think that's the time where you got to prove anything. Yeah, right? Like, you, you have that platform for a reason. And I think the, the main reason why we decided to... Uh, bring this up on a topic with such a heavy heavier topic in the front of mm-hmm. it is because you know they deserve the flowers because at the end of the day like this super bowl is night and day to last year's super bowl yeah. Yo, and i'm the not, last couple <laughs> right yeah. and i'm not trying to shade last year's halftime show or, or whatever boy. shout yeah. out to maroon five look man it just wasn't the show for the super bowl all right but I've I know the here. women loved it because you and know, the Rams boy took his shirt just off. Didn't you know they had a rough you know rough game? Yeah. Um, hopefully Tom Brady's last uh, win. But 
<laughs> it's a whole other topic. Whole other Look, topic. man, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to front. In September, when they were, I think, 4-0, I hit up my Boston guys at Big Night, and I said, yo, put me down for Super Bowl weekend because if they're oh, going to win again, no, man. I'm going to go. I want to be out there again. to the four teams they played? That's why they were 4-0? I told Joe, it was so funny, that there's this, um, this DJ uh, fan of the Patriots, and he's like, he tweeted, like, we usually schedule our vacation around uh, around uh, uh, wild card week. You on vacation now, huh, buddy? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, shout out to the Titans, man. Remember the Titans. They did their thing. Yeah. And a big shout out to the Chiefs. Um, yes. I got I, I don't care. I'm going to name drop the shit out of my brother, mm-hmm. Frank Clark. He fucking came with it at the end. And it was, I'm, I'm proud of him, man. He's a good dude. Man, you and know, Kansas City. They, Kansas they, City. The Chiefs put on for Kansas City State. The state the of Kansas City. <laughs> you know, the state, state of Kansas. Of Kansas. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to, you know. Yeah. Orange Top. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> but no, the, I thought the show was incredibly, the incredibly entertaining. Oh, my. And, and what a way to do it for Miami. I, I don't have any issues with them not including Pitbull or full, a flow rider, but... Be Being, careful. But I, no, I, I will say I'm surprised they didn't include them because if when I think Miami, I that literally think Pitbull. I think Pitbull. And yeah, Florida, Florida isn't the guy's name. You I mean, know? That's his name. So, so I would, and I, and I get it. Like you, you went with the young blood, the fresh names, and you're going after a young, like totally 100% get it. And I, I imagine Pitbull handled it like a gentleman and professionally when he found out he wasn't asked to be in the show. But I wouldn't have mind of seeing people doing like thir- twenty seconds of let's let's start the party. Whatever that song's, you know, that big Pitbull, hit. Was Pitbull there? He did like the pregame thing, or he did. Oh. He was all over the place. He was oh. there. He was oh, all okay. over. Yeah, he just shout, didn't perform. Shout out to Fino, big sports. Yeah, guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, big sports guy Fino. He he helped uh, kind of coordinate things at the SiriusXM uh, experience, yeah. and he had some amazing content that he could care less about the people he met and the Hall of Famers and yeah. the. Epic moments, but yeah. Jerry Rice. What? What is that? Like a like a like a rice brand? <laughs> what, what kind of rice is this? Is it like a? You paid the forty nine. You found gold. You found gold, huh? We that was a good year. That was Fino. a good year for America. Fino, we love you. Still gonna get us fired. But now they they, they held us down. We're 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 gonna get you fired from two jobs. <laughs> It'll be worth it. It'll be funny. <laughs> anyway, it looked like a great experience, but definitely yeah. we we had to show the flowers. For uh, Latinos, yes, Latinas, um, it was great. Big up to, great. to Bad Bunny and J Balvin. J Balvin revealed his Air Jordan One. I saw that collab. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Uh, shout out to Balvin and my boy uh, Upscale Vando Mike. Mm-hmm. He was a big part of that happening. And I only have to share a quick story. Mm-hmm. 2016, J Balvin is performing at. Uh, the observatory in Santa Ana. Santa Ana? Like, yeah. small. I love that venue. venue. I love, I that, love venue. that venue. Yeah. I'm not going to front. Great. I've seen so many people there. Energy. And it was only, I think, the second or third time that I've hung out with Mike. And he's always shown me nothing but love, being a fellow Latino and, and just pushing the culture forward. Mm. And he um, introduced me to, to Jay. And to see him rock that venue. And shout out to DJ Pope too. He's good, good dude. Mm. Uh, reps for DJ City and Beat oh, Source, yeah. Yeah. Um, heavy, and DJ City Latino. But it was crazy to hear Mike tell me while we're watching his show, 
where this is headed, where it's going to be. And then I remember him doing um, Microsoft Theater yep. like a year later. Yeah. And then uh, headlining Coachella or one of the main acts of Coachella. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah. to see where he's gone. And then landing collabs with Babe, landing yeah. collabs with Jordan Brand. It's just a beautiful thing to see as a, as a fellow Latino. So big ups to all the Latinos out there holding mm-hmm. it down. Yeah. Um, big, big years. If you come. were offended by the halftime show, get your head out your ass. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'll say this. Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Yours sounds more important. I feel like we've been on Twitter a little more lately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just... I've, I've always been in and out of Sporadic. Twitter. I just, I just don't post a lot. Meaning but I being do... on it physically or like, Physically tweeting, tweet physically tweet. tweeting. Okay, because I I wasn't really paying attention. To I think you're more day. active on it now. I'm more think, active now for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> I think one of my observations from Twitter, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like you can't look at it too much because it'll really like you could like let a virus in your head because of all the bullshit you. That's read. why I stayed off when and, Kobe passed. <laughs> like and nope, all the negativity. Not doing that. Like I feel like the first thought for a lot of people. Is negativity because they yeah. think that's what's going to engage conversation. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And that's fucking whack. Yeah. And people who hate on other people who are at platforms and levels that aren't at theirs, like, should shut the fuck up. Well, that's why I say when you have, and I've, I've tweeted stuff like this, when you have a personal relationship with someone that's on a platform, even the biggest platform in the world, and they fuck up or they do something that's not very smooth you you empathize with them you you understand and you just you don't really have anything negative to say you just said damn that's just we just didn't get it that time yeah or he just she just didn't get it that time yeah. but when you don't know the individual that's when you have something to say but i promise you like like a perfect example is lmfao now i'm seeing more um because I, maybe because party rock anthems are getting played more and now people have something to say or there's just more conversation about it for whatever reason. Right. But people got something to say about Party Rock Anthem and LMFAO. And, and it's like, man, I promise you, if you were in that studio while that magic was happening, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be saying this. Or if you had somewhat of a relationship with him and you said, you know what? I didn't know Red Foo before that, but he's actually a really nice guy. Yeah. Now you would be less inclined to say something negative, negative about him. And and that's what I learned coming up with LMFAO. Like, remember when Diplo used to beef with this guy? And this, they would talk shit on Twitter mm-hmm. like eight years ago. It was like a big thing. Diplo? Yeah, Diplo would mouse. talk shit. Deadmau5, Zed, like all of them would kind of like just chirp at each other. Mm. Actually, Deadmau5 is a whole different animal. <laughs> Man. But, um, but. He was 6'9". But these guys would talk a lot of shit. Yeah. And these are the guys on, you know, on, you know big platforms but then when we would go talk to these guys and by we i mean red Foo and and the whole crew or just whoever um, when we would talk to these guys they were extremely extremely nice and it was like man you didn't have that same energy before you know so it's like keep that same energy yeah so it's like i i try i try not to take it and try not i just try to take it as a grain of salt when when people talk like that and it's so convenient that you give a pass to this guy because you have a relationship with them you know but if you didn't have that relationship, you would have something to say. So yeah, I mean, Twitter's just a platform for people to talk shit because ain't nobody gonna listen to them in their real life anyway. So let them express. Well, themselves. and half the time, people that are commenting or tweeting or do whatever, they just do it so that they can get a reply. And then sometimes, yeah. like yeah. famously for us as Mag, 
we would get a comment about like, oh, that shoe is fake. And then we'll be like, come look at them yourself. And then the response to that was, oh, my God, you replied, hey, yeah. um, um, can I talk to Mickey? And it's just like, yo. Get Mickey on the line. Like, get, find a different way. Yeah. To engage in conversation. Nah, you know what? We have to take responsibility. Shane engaging them in the first place. You know what I mean? Like if they say, yeah. "Oh, that shoe is fake." Oh, okay, I mean, yeah. Now we that. just block them. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, take out your privileges. Yeah. Privilege, not a right. Well, hey, man. You know. Um, but we might as well say this while we have this, since it's going up soon. Um, February twenty fifth, we yeah. will be having a link up at a shrine inside the Foxwood Casino in uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Well, we'll be in attendance. We're we'll be in attendance. Yeah, we won't be hosting that one, but we'll be there. Um, nevertheless, there is a Beat Source DJ City link up. A track will be pre- performing later on that night, and I then hope they let me in. And then the next day, I got you. I know the owner. <laughs> okay, bet. okay. Uh, the, uh, the next day, gotcha. <laughs> that's a big flex. Huh? I got. I know the owner. Uh, the next day. Same owners, so I got you there. Yeah. In, Man, I hope at, so, because this place is worse. <laughs> <In> Boston, <laughs> this city is worse. <laughs> oh my God damn. The shrine is like in the middle of nowhere, yeah, so just, your body will, your listen, body could go anywhere yeah, out there. Listen, but, I'm going um, to keep my... Don't get us fired from this game. I'm keeping my location on at all times. Got you. you know, Share it with wifey's me. Wifey's from Connecticut, so she knows Yeah, she you knows get to area. see where your wife used to work. Yeah, you know, so... Um, so yeah, so again, Wednesday, the following day, February 26th, we, DJ, um, what do we call it? Mickey D's podcast, will be hosting a link up at Empire, which is a restaurant, excuse me, um, same owners as the Grand and Memoir. And we'll be hosting a, a link up there. There's, there's a flyer on DJ City and Beat Source. And we're going to, we're going to not do a live pod, but we're, we're going to record a few pods there. We're going to be bringing a few people into the pod, uh, into the episode and talk to them, um, interview them. And uh, I talked to Randy, the owner of uh, Grand, and he said he's down to do uh, a separate episode for us, with us. He said, I've never done a, a podcast before, so this should be interesting. Another first. Lovely. Another first, yep. Um, and so... That's going to happen, and then immediately after that, A-Track will be at the Grand, and uh, Mickey will be opening, or should we say co-headlining? How do you want us to word this? You know, since this is our platform. This is our, we, we can <laughs> make this whatever you want us to make. Co-headlining, baby. So, so Mickey will be co-headlining uh, for A-Track. <laughs> with A-Track. For A-Track. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey will be co-headlining for A-Track at the Grand, which is a, a beautiful, beautiful venue. Um, I encourage any DJs. I know that all those states out there are kind of close. It's like a two to four hour drive yeah. for some of them. Man, I strongly and strongly encourage you guys to come out to this event. I'm super duper looking forward to it. I know um, some cats are flying down from Philly and because I explained the significance of this event. And um, Is the, it flying down or is it flying? I don't know. He's flying from some. He's, he's flying from, from Philly. From That's Philly. all I know. Um, flying up from Philly. Does that make sense? Um <laughs> I was I was talking to VTech. I was like, "Look, you need to come out to this." She wanted. She said she wanted to do some network. I said, "Boom! This is a place um, to be a network." So you know, throw some money out there, and hopefully, she can make it. Um, but yeah, so strongly encourage you guys to make it out to this event. And um, that's about it for that. Yes, sir. Tight. Well, yeah. we intended to give you guys thirty minutes of this pod, but you get a whole you, hour. You get a whole you get hour because yeah. we like to talk to each other. Yeah. And um, that's good. Though. We appreciate you guys tuning in for yeah. real. This special episode, special episode. So keep uh, keep your eyes peeled for that next uh, episode thirty 
three uh with Charlie Sloth. Yeah, if you don't know Charlie Sloth, look him up. Look kind him of a big up deal Google. in the UK. Kind of a big deal. Amazing episode. Yeah, yeah that so actually was a dope episode. Make sure to tune in. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yes, sir. Uh, shout out to DJ City, Beat, Beat Source, Source. Mm-hmm. DJ Danger Zone, mm-hmm. DJ Rel. Yes, sir. And Mickey War signing out.